Set your faces to fun and hold on to your buns. Let's talk Star Trek, the next generation. With Charlie and Megan, shut up, Wesley, you're dumb. So come on, set your faces to fun. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun, everybody. Huge announcement, listeners. Charlie, today's an auspicious day. It is our one-year anniversary of the podcast. How about that? Set Phasers to one year! Woo! Pew, 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 pew. Nobody thought we'd last three weeks. We fooled them. They said it's going to take them another year to get out another podcast episode. <laughs> Joke's on them. It only took us eight weeks. <laughs> episode 20 after a year of recording. So that's 52 weeks in a year. So we're averaging about an episode every couple of weeks. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We both have jobs and lives and nobody I mean, cares about us. Yeah. I mean, we did, you know, um, we were pretty on a pretty good clip at the beginning uh, before everything went sour. South. That's right. Things didn't, I mean, then you go south. They went south of the podcast, recording schedule wise. But yeah. they're great. Other, they're great in real life. Sure, that's right. And if you don't like it, you can get a refund. That's right. It's free. And the other uh, thing, it speaks to uh, Charlie's and my um, commitment that we just keep coming back to this dead horse. We just keep coming back to it. To cap off this. Uh, anniversary episode, shall we set our phasers to listener mail? Oh, yes, absolutely, because Charlie and I could not have done it without you, the seven listeners of our podcast. Thanks, everybody. Correct. Thank you. We could name you by name. <laughs> and probably will. <laughs> uh, we might. Uh, oh, we've already gotten a couple tweets. We start off, as we always do, with super listener Jenna. Um, I checked in with her about her progress watching the uh, the old girl. Uh, she's in uh, Midway Season 5. Oh, lots of progress. Um, her next episode is going to be Unification. Reunification is the one with Spock, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's so, good. She's seen Darmok and Jalad. <laughs> uh, she's met in Senro. She has seen the, the uh, crystalline entity destroyed. She is going to uh, enjoy this podcast so much more now. She's seen Picard um, uncomfortably share a turbo lift with some kids. <laughs> and she's seen Wesley and, and Ashley Judd make out uh, as everybody else gets addicted to uh, Minecraft. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Jenna, welcome to the... Yeah, I, you're in the big leagues now. You're past the half... Well past the halfway mark. Yeah, yeah. Now um, it's just... Now it's just all downhill. That's boy, awesome. you got some... You got some good ones coming up. You have Hero Worship, which is the one that, um, the one that I just watched. That's um, which one's that? Hero Worship is about uh, the Enterprise comes across a, uh, a destroyed ship, or a you know badly damaged ship. There's only one survivor, and it's a little boy. Oh. And, the, and Data rescues him, and so he, to cope with his parents' grisly death in space. <laughs> He pretends to be an android because androids don't have feelings. Sure. When I was about five, I pretended to be a chicken for about a week. Because of your parents' grisly murders? Uh, no, I just had a chicken costume laying around, and I sat in it in a laundry basket, and my mother would throw me Cheerios, and that's how I would eat. She'd just, like, pitch me Cheerios across the room, and I'd eat them. I was maybe four. Did you pick them up, or did you pick them with your, with your beak? I would. I think I'd try to go for the beak, but the beak was cardboard and not help, helpful, so then I would have to go to my little monkey fingers. 
and I'd, right. and I'd get them. But I'd go, cheap, cheap, and I'd sit in a laundry basket in my chicken costume, as you do. <laughs> Did your chicken talk, or was he, I, she, uh, shim, non-verbal? <laughs> I believe I said cheap, cheap, which I understand chickens don't say, but you know what? D- don't tread on me with your bird rules, with your avian rules about what birds no. can and can't say. My chicken said cheap, cheap. They were each de-evolving into earlier forms of life on their home worlds. Man, Jenny, you got a lot of good ones coming up. You got the, uh, I think that's the, yeah, the, the mind rapist episode. Ugh. Uh, you got. This is when they start uh, getting dark and creepy. Like season five, six, like it starts getting like dark yeah, and creepy it gets in weird. the best way. And one of my favorites when the when the Enterprise crew is taken over by the alien whose species can control people's or erase people's minds, but they don't have technology, and they fight, and he's like a secret extra member of the crew that we know something's up, but they don't. Oh you yeah! Oh yeah! Uh, you got uh, oh, so oh, many man. good things. There's the there. Yeah. Uh, Jordy's gonna get phased. She hasn't gotten to the phased one yet. Where Jordy and Ensign uh, Rowe get phased. Oh, no, that's coming up. Inner Light. Oh, the the flute, <gasps> Flouting Danger episode. Oh, yeah. Time Zero Part 1 is going to be your cliffhanger at the end of the season. H- have we got... She hasn't gotten to uh, uh, Picard getting tortured by the Cardassians, has she? No, that's next season. There are four lights. Oh, so much coming, Jenna. Yeah. Welcome. Our man Chip Chalmers uh, directs episode 16 of that season, Ethics, where Warren Worf uh, confronts a dilemma and drags Riker into an ethical dilemma. (laughs) Which, P.S., crew member has an ethical dilemma is like two-thirds of the episodes of uh, this entire show. Either the ships are in trouble or or there's an ethical dilemma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Jenna, it's just off. Boy, I feel like you should be done with the season by now. If I'm being honest, the whole series by now. If I'm being honest, I. But. But well, you know, she's ha- she has other fandoms that she has to. She has a lot of other fandoms. Give service to. I feel like thinking about the episodes that Jenna has yet to watch. I feel like 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 when your kid goes to college or like he's gonna go to college and has like the courses like these are the courses that I could take and I'm looking at him and be like oh you could take this that's kind of how I feel like all oh, the horizons of before you right how exciting while our phasers are still set to listener mail checking the twitter feed Megan we got some business alright let's hear it uh, uh, 20 shine and nickels challenge winner uh Kimberly Diltz, who I believe today has not come to Iowa to claim her Well, she did. She did. She came from uh, California to Iowa, but I wasn't home. I was at a bake sale. So I missed it. So she's just, she went back home. She's going to have to come back to Iowa um, and try to to reach me. Uh, That was a a long bake sale or a short visit. It was. It was. Well, she just, you know, stopped by from L.A. to collect her shiny noodles but you know i was i was at a bake sale i had to buy these muffins the muffins were not gonna buy themselves correct you only get pickles delivered to your house by well-wishers you don't get baked goods that's right we're not crazy kim uh, tweets in a photo of her sleeping on her sequined uh cat pillow <laughs> and longtime listeners will remember uh that we talked about uh their sequined pillows uh on the show and kim Dilt sleeps on one in defiance of the Lord. 
So there you have it. Thanks, Kim. Glad that you're listening. <laughs> you suppose that when she um, uh, picks her face up, she's got little sequiny pockmarks on her face? I don't see how you could avoid it. From from the, I mean, and I mean from the pillow, not just from life. Sure. Do you think she has like a secondary pillow? <laughs> Do you suppose that pillow is like smooth on one side and sequins on the other? So like, this right. is my sleeping and this is my show went off. If you go to, on our Twitter page, you can see that photo and see the madness that is Kimberly Dilt sleeping on this pillow. <laughs> I'm going to retweet it. Are you comfortable, sir? I suppose so. Good night, Captain. Sleep well, sir. Thank you. Uh, Josh, another longtime listener, writes in. He says, what do you think about the Twitter account, TNG Season 8? It is a Twitter account that I follow. Um, I read it from time to time. It doesn't tweet very often. It's only like once every couple of months. It's pretty funny. There's like all, of, there's a bunch. There's TNG Season 9, Season 7. <laughs> now, this made me chuckle. Wes accidentally calls Picard mom in front of the entire bridge. That's funny. <laughs> All right, I can get down with that. All right, good job. Shut up, Wesley. Guys, as we announced in the first moment of the show, this is our one-year anniversary. Charlie, uh, I feel so much older and wiser. We didn't even know what a podcast was on April 21st, 2015, and then we put out episode one, Meet the Enthusiast. We used to power our podcast with a bicycle. We didn't know... Now, we were going to do a clip show, a la Shades of Grey, uh, just reliving the worst parts of the podcast. Uh, just the Pulaski parts of the podcast. Just Pulaski, Pulaski and Piscopo. It's the Pulaski Piscopo podcast. Um, but we're not going to do that because we have new business to discuss. Don't you think Pulaski should be should be like a uh, the name of like like oh I did a Pulaski or I pulled a Pulaski, which would mean you're perfectly reasonable and competent, but nobody likes you. Diana Moldauer would have done a better job teaching data about comedy. Oh, absolutely. Like just make that episode about Pulaski and data going in the holodeck <laughs> and learning about comedy. I'd like to see an episode where Pulaski. And Data just give each other sponge baths. Not in any kind of erotic way, but just in a legitimately scientifically curious way. Like, because she'd be like, you're a machine. How, what happens when I give you this sponge bath? And she, and he would be like, curious, a new experience. Huh. I don't know, just try it out in your mind. Let it unspool. Look, I think all that's very possible. <laughs> It would be um, a, a sponge bath full of hijinks. Mm -hmm. um, I think that Pulaski is kind of a go-with-it gal. I think she would have a total blast and have a great time. Sure. I mean, I, th I think Pulaski, I think, good time gal. Mm -hmm. I don't think she has any ego um, about it. She, she, I think she would be like, for, for science, let's, let's bathe each other. All systems are functioning within normal specifications, Doctor. The manufacturer will be pleased to hear it. I appreciate your help, but your bedside manner needs work. Bedside manner? <gasps> Doctor? We've discussed this episode before. We've both recently rewatched it. Let's dive back in. Relics. Scotty has been discovered on the 
the exterior of a Dyson sphere trapped in a transporter. Now, I know what you're thinking. Already just there, the first... The elevator pitch for the episode is ridiculous. <laughs> and laughable. That's me if, laughing right now. But if you can just get past that... Like, if the Enterprise just ran into a Dyson sphere, that wouldn't be that, you know... Uh, unbelievable, right? You'd buy that as an episode setup. Well, sure, they've run into all kinds of things. Also, I think prior to this episode, I didn't know what a Dyson Sphere was. So, you know, it's like right. running into the phlebotanum. It's like, okay, sure. Right. And you wouldn't question a ship being crashed on, you know, finding an old you know, Federation ship yeah. crashed on the Dyson Sphere. Yes, because the Dyson Sphere, for those of you who don't remember, is like, essentially, it's like a big Right, like, it's like a big Tupperware for a planet, right? For a sun. Yeah, for a sun. So there's, so you put the sun in the Tupperware, and then it makes the, the energy, and you can just have it forever. Right? That's the idea. Right. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so, obviously, if you, if you had a sun-sized piece of Tupperware, something might run into it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean... That's just logic. Um, That's just pure and I logic. And I wouldn't... I don't even... It doesn't really bump for me that Scotty... That a crew member would be trapped in the transporter. You know, there was like... There was second Riker trapped on the planet with the transporter thing. Yeah, there's precedent. It's all very... There's precedent. All three of them together? <laughs> but... Let's just... Let's scoot past that into the episode. I'll even give it to you that... The, the, the whole thing is, like, the crew members are going to die, and so Scotty and his buddy, like, Scotty rigs the transporter so that they're constantly transporting as a way to be in, like, perma space, right? Like, they right. They don't have right. to eat or sleep or whatever, they're just, it's like a holding pattern. That's right. Until they are res rescued and then rematerialized. And Scotty makes it, and his buddy does it. Right. And you go, okay, Scotty is a bit of a wizard, okay, fine. Um, what do you think the chances are that Scotty's last words to his buddy were, uh, see you on the other side, laddie? <laughs> uh, one thousand percent. My point is, once you get past that, it's definitely, can we agree that it is definitely the best old crew bring brought forward into the new era episode? No. Here's why. I will say it's the second best, because I think the first best is the Spock one. Okay. All right. All right. I buy that. Because Spock should be that old. Right. And that two-parter is interesting, if flawed in some ways. Right. Or maybe it's just because Spock doesn't bother me the way Scotty bothers me. I mean, maybe it's just prejudice on my part. Right. But certainly it's it's way better than um, McCoy. Sure. Like, leagues better. And it's better than the movies when Kirk and Picard are together, and that's just like a cluster... <sighs> frack, oh, but boy. I don't want anything to have boy. anything to do with. That was a... I don't know. I guess I prefer that to the modern. We don't care what the fans of the show like. We're just going to make this action movie Yeah. in space. I prefer that, I guess, but still not yeah. great. We're going to make something that you have no investment in at all except for a cursory investment. So... I guess after on the rewatch, um, I really enjoyed the writing. I thought that the the kind of um, parallels that they drew between Scotty and the old ship, his old junker of a ship, who's kind of uh, you know obsolete now, 
yeah. himself. We're kind of that was that was good. That was you know well done. Sure. And I liked Subtle. when they and I liked when they when he said when Jordy's like Scotty, you're a brilliant genius for making the uh, transporter, you know, make you survive. Like you're so great. And he's like ah. If it was so great, the other guy would have survived or something like that. And I was like, good for you, Scotty, for not, you know, just basking in your glories. Like, that's right. Your right. friend ate it. So good for you for acknowledging that. Um, I don't know why Jordy was so like, get out of my stuff, old guy. I mean, I do because it's Jordy. But like, he yeah. was a little bit, it was a little bit forced. Yeah. Also, obviously, he should get out of your... Like, obviously, Scotty shouldn't be in the engineering room. Like, clearly. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, clearly. It would be like I, Megan Gogarty, in the year of our Lord 2016, should in no way be on the bridge of a nuclear submarine. So, too, should Scotty not be on the bridge of the Enterprise uh in whatever year it is, in whatever star date it is. Like, because, I, I mean, he's, he's been, like, the technology, warp speed technology, like, everything is different. Right. But I also don't buy that Scotty would just start pushing buttons. Come on! Kind of, I don't think they would do that. That's that, that was portrayed. Like, Jordy's like, you're gonna blow up the ship! You don't actually know anything! Get away from my geode collection! If Jordy was smart, he would say... Welcome to the holodeck. Here is the program of the um, of the Enterprise, you know, engineering room that we use for diagnostics. Knock yourself out. Experiment all you want. Sequel episode idea. I'm gonna be down in the real engineering room, like, taking care of business. Sequel episode idea. All right. Jordy does that. Scotty's in the holodeck. He's like he finishes all his homework quicker than Jordy expects, and he says, "Computer." Open another one of Jordy's engineering programs, and it's a horrible Leia Brahms. <laughs> Just vile filth festival. When you touch the engine, you touch me. Gross! Oh. And then Scotty's like, why am I listening to this laddie? Yeah, cut to him drunk and send forward. <laughs> that I did appreciate. He's like, synthesol. Yep. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, um, so, um, also in the episode, just a little thing that I really like. I like seeing, like, fun mysteries in the background. Um, and they kind of show a shot of the interior of the Dyson Sphere. And there's, like, a whole schmear set up on it. There's a whole planet going on on the inside where people have, they've evacuated. But clearly, there was a civilization there. That's real interesting. Yeah, that is like fascinating. Go, I'd like to go check that out. I think that Dyson Sphere is probably a really terrible idea environmentally. Freeman Dyson, who uh, thought of the idea of the Dyson Sphere, uh, does not take his own idea seriously and stated upon watching the episode that while the science behind the story is nonsense, uh, from a TV viewer's perspective, he generally enjoyed it. Oh, that's a nice backhanded compliment. I want Freeman Dyson, if he's listening, to know that the science behind this podcast is equally nonsense. Correct. Are we sure that Freeman Dyson isn't a Jerry Lewis character? <laughs> Freeman Dyson! <laughs> Freeman Dyson should have taught Data about comedy. Oh, he would have been so good at it. <laughs> Dyson! <laughs> oh, he looks exactly like I want him to. Oh, good. Okay, friends, Google Freeman Dyson. You'll be delighted. Do it right now. 
Yeah, tell me twice. Um. <laughs> Just picture him in his tweed jacket. Oh, yeah. Talking to Scotty. They could have had him on the show in the holodeck. Like, Scotty could have gone to the holodeck and talked to Dyson about his thing. He's a fellow of the Royal Society. Fellow uh, of the Royal Society. He's British. <laughs> aren't we all? He was a fellow of the Royal Society in 1952. I'm a fellow of the Fart Society as of 19... 87. So I have a problem oh. with authority. Yeah. Suck it. I think you're you so, them. so bad. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, I remember it like being like, yeah, this is kind of, I don't know about this episode, but I'm, I'm on board now. I think that's, it's entered the top 50 percentile. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's not so bad. I think I had a knee-jerk reaction to it, what with all the, um, all the scottiness. Yeah. Also, so in softened. fairness, I watched it again and I did fall asleep halfway through. So, yeah. Sleep. He's regaining consciousness. Sleep. It's Captain Picard speaking, not Locutus. Sleep, Data. The good folks at uh, ThinkGeek have announced uh, the... Star Trek White Noise Sleep Machine, which can fill your bedroom with the sounds of the Enterprise as you go to sleep, and it projects stars on your uh, on your sky, your uh, ceiling there. And it's like a glowy glowerson. Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, it's not kidding. Like it's a, it's gonna take up a big chunk of your. Oh, that's not... It's an April Fool's joke. Fuck you guys. Oh, they got us. Well, why... That's not a funny April Fool's joke. No. That's, that's the, like saying, hey guys, we invented a cure for cancer. Isn't everybody happy? Fuck you. There's no... <laughs> it's like my kid does April Fool's do jokes like, hey mom, I like baseball. Oh, you do? April Fool's! Okay. <laughs> You know who you're hurting? Yourself. You're, you're, yeah, like what's... I don't know what to make of that. You're hurting, you're hurting your own <laughs> credibility. Now, how, explain to me why that's... Why is that a joke? Like, why? Look, you know who shouldn't be teaching data comedy is Think Inc. Because that is no. not a joke. No, There's no not. surprise. There's no reversal. No. It's the kind of thing where... Like, I, like somebody said that to me, and I'd be like, Yeah, I'm not interested in that. That seems like a big waste of money. But another person might be like, I'm excited about that. But then what happens yeah. is, oh, it's not real. Oh, okay. So column A over here, not excited, is like, okay, well, I don't give a crap because I didn't care. And column B is like, oh, I wanted to buy that. I guess I can't. I would have plopped down 100 bucks for that thing. Like. Now I'm not going to. Now I'm not going to buy that or any other ThinkGeek products. You go to hell, ThinkGeek. It's, it's just not a good joke. No. Because also it's 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 plausible. Like if they were like on sale tonight, um, a Dyson sphere, okay, right. that's plausible. Yeah, yeah. But there's a, like a sleep noise machine, like it makes perfect sense. That's the kind of thing they would sell. Right. 
It's like you could do it yourself. It's the kind of thing you could do yourself. A hundred percent, you could do yourself. It's like my kid go, makes jokes like, like knock knock. Go, you answer, who, Charlie. Knock knock. Who's the, who's there? Eric. Eric who? Eric Sanders. Eric Sanders who? That's his name, Eric Sanders. He's the, oh, that's the that's, that's the, the joke. whole joke. Yeah, like that's the kind of joke my kid tells. Like, because he doesn't quite understand what a joke is. Like, he's still figuring that out. Right. So it's like, oh, that's the form of a joke, but not the content of a joke. That's what this thinking thing is. It's the form, but not the content. Yeah. And then on their stupid little, oh, we got you, ha ha ha, page. It says, share the thing with your friends. Uh, it's more fun if they think it's real. Fun? How is that? Who's that more fun for? Fun for who? Are you the kind of shitty person that thinks, oh, I'll trick my friends into liking a thing that they might want? Yeah, it's complete garbage. Asshats. Yeah, I vote no. You told a joke. Yes. I am not laughing. Yes. Yeah, so here we are, 20th anniversary. Um, what have you learned, Charlie? Um, in our 20th episode. It's not our 20th anniversary. It's our 20th episode. It's our 20th one, episode. First one year First anniversary. Yeah. What have you what learned? What have I learned? Yeah, what wisdom have Megan, you gleaned? That's a, that's a great question, Megan. Um, I feel like I've learned a lot about myself. Good. Um, I have learned a lot about uh, how no one wants to listen to a podcast about Star Trek. <laughs> Utility of trying. That's what I've learned. Correct. Any big lessons you've you're taking away from this? Uh, yeah, I've learned that my voice over a microphone can be really loud. It sure can. Uh, and I've learned not to apologize for it. I just I own it. Right. Um. I've learned that there are not that many topics to talk about about Star Trek. <laughs> I've learned that this, I'm going to go the opposite way. I've learned that while the number of topics are finite, our ability to talk about inanities is infinite. Correct. Correct. So I'm feeling pretty good about us. High fives, Charlie Fonville. High five. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that has been our first anniversary special. Feel free to send us gifts. We will accept them. If you're an engineer and you want to make a real Star Trek transporter, uh, you know, white noise machine. Yes. Let us know. Absolutely. As always, please keep your emails and your tweets a coming. Anything you'd like to plug, Megan? Are you doing any shows? Well, I am actually. Uh, on February 23rd, I'm in the Floodwater uh, Comedy Festival here in Iowa City. Where I'm not, I'm gonna be giving a lecture because one thing that people really love that comedy fans love is lectures. Academic yeah. lectures is what they love. So I'm doing a little lecture called "How Many Feminists Does It Take to Screw in a Light Bulb?" Adventures in Feminism and Comedy, where I'm gonna be tracing the intersections, the historical intersections of uh, comedy and and American feminism. So. And people only have to wait 10 months for that? They, it's April 23rd is when that is. Oh, you said February. Did I? Yep. I meant April. April 23rd is when that is. And where is where's that going to be? Oh, I should know. It's going to be at Riverside Theater 
in, in Iowa City, Iowa. Yeah, in uh, north of downtown. And it will be, I, I sure, it's not going to be nearly as boring as I just made it sound. Like, I'll try to spruce it up a little bit. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like like Data and Pulaski giving each other sponge bath level of hilarity, but I'm, I'm going to try right. to make it interesting. Um, that sounds really interesting. If I were in Iowa City, I would go to that. Sure. Well, what else are you going to do? Uh, correct. <laughs> um, also, uh, if people want to watch your latest one-woman show, they can do so on YouTube. Is that correct? Yeah, I put it online for, for, for kicks and giggles. I put my whole show, it's called Housebroken, and it's, it, it's divided up into 11 easy-to-digest chunks so you can watch it at work and not feel like you are devoted to the whole 90 minutes of it. You can just watch it in little chunks. It's a hilarious comedy about a woman who has a that woman being me. It talks about my identity crisis that I went through when I bought a house. But if you want to watch it one thing, you can. You can. You just keep hitting next video. The, cho- the choices are endless. It's, if you want to, you know, binge watch all 11 episodes, if you will, you can. All right, guys. Well, this has been episode 20 of Set Phasers to Fun. We'll see you in a couple months for the next one. Yay! Bye. Bye! We did a nice job. What's the matter with you? Because it is my birthday, I assumed that you or one of the others would try to mount an unexpected social gathering. A surprise party? Mr. Worf, I hate surprise parties. I would never do that to you. Surprise! I love surprise parties. (laughs)